Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We are live in the Middle East, and I'll tell you why we're here and give you an update on what's happening in Kabul in 60 seconds. Well, here's something interesting that just happened in the world. A company named Palantir. It just bought $50 million in physical gold to prepare for a black swan event. Now, why is this important? Well, Palantir, in case you don't know, they are an expert company on data analytics and forecasting. And they're used by hedge funds and banks and financial firms, including Morgan Stanley, Merck, Airbus, Fiat, Chrysler, whole bunch of people. And the United States intelligence community also uses Palantir for forecasting. And they just loaded up on physical gold, $50 million in physical gold. Hmm. Do they know something we don't know? Signs are a massive financial crisis is coming. The world always returns to gold and silver. Please protect yourself. Goldline has extended their free silver bar offer while supplies last. Through the end of this week, with any and all qualifying orders, you're going to receive that bar at no cost. So call them right now. 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE. Or go to goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I am live from a country in the Middle East that will remain nameless uh, just because of the security issues and also the countries in the Middle East do not want to be known for helping uh, Afghanis escape. Um, can we play the video that I released early right at the beginning of this broadcast? You can find it on, um, on my um, Instagram page. There you see the American citizens being transported by the United States. Um, and here you see uh, the Airbus 380. That is our airplane, and that is being loaded with um, refugees. These are families, moms, dads, children. Um, these are Christians, not entirely Christians, as we are opening it up to other people that have been, um, I mean, if American wants to get onto our plane, they can get onto our plane. If somebody with, um, uh, with the right credentials wants to get onto our plane, they will. We're also helping um, the, um, the members of the Supreme Court and the court system that are women to get out. These judges are amazing women. And we're helping them uh, get out. It is sunset now. It's at night. Things are going to start to um, slow down, uh, although they didn't last night while I was on a plane. Um, we had to land. I've been flying since about this time yesterday, uh, and uh, we had to land in, um, in Ireland to refuel. And uh, I just got an update. It had to be in the middle of the night in Ireland. Nothing was going on. But I had a feeling nothing really goes on in, in Ireland. Uh, it was about 2 in the morning, and we got an update. Uh, and I saw some pictures uh, at night. I don't know if we have those pictures up that we can show the TV audience if you're watching on Blaze TV. But uh, we loaded another plane. I think we have about 17 
hundred people out in the last 24 hours. Uh, we can do so much more, so much more. But the things on the ground are beginning now to fall apart. There are reports now that there are people who helped our military uh, during the war that are coming to the air base uh, or the airport and coming with letters from the military, correctly identifying them as people who helped, but on the wrong letterhead and are being removed from the airport, uh, not able to get on the planes. Yes. This is real? This is a, yeah, this is a cluster. I mean, one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. That's incredible, though. I mean, I, that's the whole point it, it, of this. Sorry, I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> the, the, they, yeah, they don't have any idea what they're doing. They're not working together. The State Department is a complete failure because this isn't what they do. The, the military does this kind of stuff. Um, the good news is, is that, um, you know, we found that the military had airlifted a guy who's on, you know, a top 10 terror list. Um, and when he got down, so you know, these people are, they might just get onto the airport and get past a lot of stuff. But once they're landing. Yeah, it's tougher. Uh, in these other countries, mm-hmm. we are we are finishing the work to vet. And when I say we, I mean the United States government. You guys are not, there's that, this is a totally different group of people that you're dealing with. Um, yes. But yes, yes. It, it, like that's, that's one of the things they keep talking about is they're bringing them largely to just different U.S. air bases. And Correct. they can go through and do the sorting process there. Uh, there is a, um, a, uh, a report that the White House is now upset. They're upset. Uh, at the way the media is handling the coverage of this, uh-huh. because as really? you, and I will say, like this, someone mentioned on Twitter, and I think this is the right way to think about it. In, in some ways, this is the golden age of the media right now. I've I've never seen them handle a story so well for a multiple week period. Now I assume this is going to turn around, and they're going to start saying they're probably going to start listening to the White House. But what the White House wants is they want props on Afghanistan. This is what Politico was reporting. Um, they have, uh, they say, in a span of the week, the White House went from a str- uh, struggling to explain a rapidly deteriorating situation in Afghanistan to beating its chest. Top Biden officials and administration allies have begun aggressively touting the success of their evacuation efforts in the war-torn country, offering frequent updates on the number of evacuees. They've framed the operation as historic in line with oh, the it Berlin is. airlift. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. First of all, it is historic. Mark my words. Mm. It is historic. Um, but as people that are on the ground know, um, this is an absolute, uh, it's an absolute cluster. I mean, <laughs> you know, I hate to bring up, I hate to bring up that um, ISIS and al-Qaeda now have effectively shut the airport gates that we can't get anybody in and out of the gates now because they have shut that. But now that was just, I mean, I don't even know why I bring that up. That was just five minutes ago. And five minutes ago was so long ago, I'm sure they're getting things under control now. Why are we harping on things like that? This is, it is deteriorating at a rapid speed. 
it may not make it to Saturday. Help me with this, because I've seen this framing often from from the, the White House and even the media, which is we had a situation where as of August 1st, our plan was to have an embassy in Kabul with a uh, with a with an Afghan army d- d- um, protecting that city until who knows, maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe five years down the line. Maybe the Taliban takes over. Maybe they don't. We'll see what happens. That was our plan as of August 1st. Okay. Now we are withdrawing these troops and we keep hearing this framing of Biden's timeline of August 31st. However, what we've seen between August 1st and August 31st is the Taliban taking over the entire country. The Taliban telling us that if we go a minute past August 31st, they're going to, they can't control themselves. Who knows what will happen? Hostages could be taken. People could be killed. Planes may not be able to, to land safely. Uh, and then Biden coming on television and all of the White House officials saying, like, we're going to do everything we can to get out by uh, August 31st. We, we're going to try. We're going to try to get everyone that wants to leave from Afghanistan that's American because, you know, there's lots of Americans who want to hang out. You know, still they have gym memberships. They don't want to you know, they may expire and, and they don't want to uh, they want to make sure they get every day out of their membership. All this nonsense as if there's people that want to stay in Afghanistan. This is not Biden's deadline. This is a deadline that the Taliban is setting for us. Is it not? Oh, it absolutely is. And we had the director of uh, the CIA meet in a secret meeting yesterday um, about the deadline. And he came out and said, nope, there's no change on the deadline. We're absolutely, you know, August 31st. And uh, we're just abiding by that deadline. Even though the G7 begged begged the United States and said, don't, please don't hold to this. Please, we can't get everybody out in time. It's not, it's not working. Please, the G7, the seven biggest Western economies all begged, please don't do this. Mm. And we did it anyway, because our word is our bond. Well, is it, is it? Because I thought our word was to people who worked with us, we won't leave you behind. And our I thought word, that was our word. Our word in June to our allies was to say, we will stay and ensure Kabul's stability so you can keep your embassy there to people like the UK. You can keep your personnel there because we're going to protect you. In June, we guaranteed that to our allies. Now you see what the situation... Yeah, but how old were you in June? I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember. I was like, it was like I was five years old back then. And, and to show you how pathetic this is from the Biden administration, remember the um, the initial deadline was May. So this is after the deadline. They're going to our our, our partners and saying, "Hey, of course we're going to ensure stability of Kabul," and that has now completely fallen apart. What does this mean, do you think, for our allies? Like, what? It, how do they look at us, and how do they react after this? They don't trust us at all Mm. um i mean i'm 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 interested to talk to people um here in the middle east that are not from america who are allies of ours um they don't trust us at all they won't trust us from here on out um joe biden has destroyed 
the reputation. They may not have liked Donald Trump because, you know, he was crazy or he was, you know, tough on them. Whatever, whatever the spin is, they didn't like him. And they liked Joe Biden because they thought it would be business as usual. But it's not business as usual. This is not America. This is America creating a gigantic vacuum. Um, our allies are wondering in Taiwan, is America even going to stand? And Taiwan, the answer is no. As long as this president is president, the, the answer is no. We will not send in anybody to help you. And maybe that's what people want, but that's not the way to do it. You don't just pull out of the world. It will collapse. Um, if the next time there is a September 11th, Good luck trying to get the world to stand with us. We have betrayed them. Uh, we, have, uh, we have made them look like fools. They've done everything that we've, that we've asked them to do. And now we just ditch them and say, hey, you're on your own, guys. It's, it's reprehensible, absolutely reprehensible. This is an impeachable offense. This is America has to decide. Is this, is this who we are? Is this what we want? Because I got news for you. you. You have no security. None. If the United States is negotiating with a terrorist organization and they won't allow us to get even our own people out, I don't care what the Pentagon says. Oh, we're going to be out. We're not going to. We'll have all our people. That's a lie. There's no way to do it. There's no way to do it. You can't get the people to the airport. And it will be a hostage situation. There will be. And we're going to pay mightily for this, not only in Afghanistan, but all throughout the world. Back in a minute. Guess what? It's a day that ends in Y. And you know what that means. It means it's the perfect day to cook delicious steaks and ribs and... I guess vegetables for your friends and family on the Rectech. Do you want to smoke a brisket until it melts in your mouth? Rectech's got you covered. How about hot dogs, burgers, that thick, juicy steak you've been dreaming about all day, maybe all week, because I have been dreaming one all week long. Rectech is there for you. And if you want to try something crazy and bake something outdoors, continue to be impressed because, my friends, Rectech will do that to perfection as well. It's got a smart grill technology, which means that it controls the heat perfectly all throughout the cooking process. You can monitor everything on an app from your home or your device, and the Rectech will take care of the rest. Up your grilling game now in the new age of smart technology with Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q. Check them out now, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com, Rectech.com. All right, let's pause for 10 seconds, station ID. This is the Glenn Beck program live from the Middle East. Stu is typically at home because he's a little girl and uh, doesn't ever like to leave the safety and comfort of his own home. Sorry for liking America, Glenn. I apologize for my patriotism. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I will Uh, say you do realize when you travel around the world, especially uh, to the Middle East, 
that mm. we do have problems here in the United States, but I'd still choose them over the problems in the rest of the world every single time. Every single time. Every single time. I'm just sitting here. Um, you know, we have um, we have black security vans that we didn't ask for, um, but I'm sure this country just really cares about our security so very much. It's nice of them. Um, but yeah, but they're um, they followed us from the airport, and uh, no real reason uh, for them to be sitting right outside of our door, but they are, um, and uh, uh, you know, it's just. In, in this part of the world, you know, I had to ask, can I bring my Bible with me? Can I, what can we say? What can't we say? Uh, it is, it's a, it's a different world, a really different world. Without uh, uh, giving anything away about ahead. your location, of course, knowing your location, there's not a reason you could possibly drive you know it's like one of these things where you wouldn't they wouldn't just show up where you are like it would have to be intentional no, <laughs> no it's not like there's a you know a nightclub right. or a or an fbi style office right. right down the street there's no reason why these two black vans are sitting in front of our place so but uh, we love it. We love it. We love it. We yeah, love it. there's nothing like that. So, uh, Glenn, have, the latest you've heard is we are approaching $30 million when it comes to total donations. Is that right? Yeah, I haven't had an update. I, I got one right when I got off the plane, and it was, I think, I think it was $3,000 shy of $30, 30 million. Um, Money is not the problem. Prayers uh, are deeply, deeply, deeply needed. Um, and we are also working with others. I'm trying to get some of the other groups that we're working on now or working with um, to, um, uh, to uh, come on the show because you need to know the names of all these, police, these people that are doing amazing things here, uh, trying to get people out of harm's way. There's, there's lots and lots of people from America that are putting their resources, their time, their talent. There's a lot of people that have been over in Afghanistan that are now volunteering their time to get back in there and find these people. Uh, I think you're going to hear story. You're going to hear really bad stories, um, but you're also going to hear some really amazing stories of people risking their lives to uh, to help others. And I firmly believe the the best way for us to save our country is to save our souls. And the best way to save our souls is to get outside of us and help others. And, you know, if you could, if you could adopt these people in your minds as your person, your son, your daughter, uh, your mom, your dad, uh, and start caring about them in that way, it would be um, a big improvement. Do you have any indication as to the differences between evacuating people out of Afghanistan in the middle of this crisis and the previous efforts of the Nazarene fund, which largely were around, you know, Iraq and Syria with the rise of ISIS. Is it, do we have any, what, what are the like more difficult, less difficult? Do we have any sense of that? Yeah, I think this is more difficult um, because this is a known effort. You know, there, there are so many trying to get out and 
the Taliban knows others are inside of the country trying that, you know, might look like me trying to get them out. Um, you know, we could fly a helicopter or whatever and not be spotted as knowing exactly what they're trying to do uh, when we were over in Syria and Iraq, and Iraq. This one, I think, is much, much more difficult because ISIS is there and the Taliban is there, and they know who we're looking for. Well, what you said is really concerning because if we're sending in people that look like you to to rescue these people, I want my money back. Uh, I think America wants their money back. Uh, <laughs> This yeah. is not. I mean, we're going in and we're, you know, <laughs> we're just over the border and we're like, I got to sit down for a minute. I mean, this has been a long journey so far. <laughs> Glenn, you're still in the airport. <laughs> I know. Slow down. Let's sit down for a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'd be willing to pay more money for lower cell quality phone service if it meant not giving money to the big mobile companies that support awful things like Planned Parenthood. Not to speak is to speak. Not to stand is to stand. We know. We know what they're doing. But what if you didn't have to pay more? In fact, you'd be paying less. And what if instead of lower quality service, you could get the same cell service because they're all on the same towers anyway? Here's the good news. The service you're looking for is Patriot Mobile. Not only do they have affordable and customizable plans that can fit any budget for any family, but they also have great service, superior customer service, and maybe most importantly of all, they donate a portion of your bill to conservative American causes. The choice is clear. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Go there now and save 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. We hear from a voice from inside Congress coming up next. This is the Glenn Beck program. I'm live from the Middle East. Our uh, producer said, you know, it looks like you're um, looks like you're just in a Motel 6, uh, you know, in Dallas, and I'm like, well, would you like me to show you the the security detail from the Middle East that's been following us outside? I don't. We are not supposed to say where we are. Um, I'm not. I'm not even sure we're supposed to be broadcasting. But uh, hey, it just happened. It's one of those things. Uh, but we want to protect this uh, country that uh, is being gracious to let us in and taking so many refugees. Um, I just got a notice from the government a few minutes ago that I don't know. I doubt it's going to be tonight um, because it is already, what is it, 9 o'clock here, 10 o'clock at night? It is <laughs> 7.35. So it's uh, 7.30 at night. Uh, and, um, uh, but I'm going to go meet with some of the people that we have, uh, freed in. I can't bring cameras. I can't bring anything but myself. So I hope to be able to bring that story to you by this time tomorrow. 
Representative Chris Stewart is with us now um, in Washington, D.C. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. I'd say, hey, thank you. God bless you for you and the Nazarene Fund and the, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people, maybe more, who have contributed. Uh, it, that kind of effort is what's so important right now. Yeah. Chris, um, I, I was uh, talking to Richard Grinnell about an hour ago about this debacle, and the White House is 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 now saying to the press that they're demanding, uh, you know, a, a little— you know, a little pat on the back for how well this is going now. I don't think I've ever seen anything worse than this, and it gets worse by the hour. Yeah, this is this is a generational failure. Glenn, I really believe that just like we see pictures of Saigon evacuation at the helicopter at the top of the embassy, and every American knows what that is, even though it took place 50 years ago, 50 years from now, our grandkids will see pictures of those 800 Afghans in that C-17, and they're going to know instantly what it is. This will be remembered, and it's not going to be remembered as a great success for President Biden. It will be remembered as a, the greatest failure in a generation, and how they can try to twist this and try to turn the narrative that they should be congratulated. Well, it's beyond description, but American people aren't that stupid. And they're not looking at this thinking, man, they've done a great job. And even the press, for heaven's sakes, recognize it. Now, I expect, and I'll bet you do as well, the press will eventually turn on this and try to create the impression that it was handled well. No way in the world they're going to be able to pull that off. It's just such a catastrophe. It can't be reframed as anything other than that. Do you believe that, you know, we're pulling troops out beginning today, today, the the airport is a mess. There are pictures now of people standing in, you know, knee deep in sewage, um, just trying to get close to the gate to to show their passports, to show their papers that they should be let into the gates. Um, And the White House says we'll have everybody out. We'll have everybody out that, yeah. you know, a U.S. citizen. Do you believe that? No, of course I don't. I don't think there's a person in the world who believes that except for perhaps President Biden. And if he does, he is the only one. But we've already begun the wind down. We talk about the August 31st deadline as if, uh, you know, at 12 o'clock on that day, all U.S. forces just click their, uh, you know, click their heels and, and they are transported back to the U.S. We have already begun the drawdown. As you know, 300 Marines who were embassy security forces, who, by the way, Glenn, are Marines, they know how to fight. I can promise you those guys didn't want to be evacuated. They wanted to stay there with their brothers and do what they could to help the situation. But yesterday, 300 Marines brought down. And if you just look at the timeline, and this is blazingly obvious, but it's something that needs to be, uh, I think, discussed. We have 6,000 U.S. forces there now. Six days to be able to draw them out and counting. It, it takes at least three days now to begin uh, and to focus on those security forces. And by the way, withdrawing forces when they're surrounded and when they're outnumbered and when they're outgunned, by the way, now, because those, uh, the Taliban has, as you know, billions of dollars of U.S. weapons. 
that is an incredibly delicate and a very dangerous operation. And it has to be done over time. So I think the focus uh, over the next really six days, but particularly in the last three days, will be on just that, getting the U.S. military out. And there's no way in the world you're going to get out all the American citizens. And there's no way in the world we're going to get out those Afghans who, with great courage and commitment, believed us when we said, we will not abandon you. Work with us, work as interpreters, work in whatever fashion you can to help us. We will not abandon you. And that is exactly what we're doing to them right now. Chris, you're one of the best fiction writers. I've, I, I know you're, you're a great writer. And you also write nonfiction books. Um, but uh, just, just write a little fiction with me here for a second. It's, it's two months, I'm sorry, it's uh, two weeks from now. Are we going to be seeing and dealing with hostages? Well, I think that depends if you talk to what White House spokeswoman. It uh, depends on what the definition of a hostage is at that point, right? Just like some of the other definitional battles they've had. But if you were an American or if you were an Afghan who has been promised that they will be evacuated and you're no longer able to do that and you're under <clears throat> the power and uh, and and have no no ability to uh, to remove yourself that seems to me like a hostage now whether the taliban actually holds a gun to their head and uh, says you can't leave or if they just shut down every method of leaving any any means of leaving it's the same outcome uh and and the great fear and this is obvious i think it's the one thing that everyone understands the taliban could in a moment <clears throat> sorry the taliban could in a moment say these are our hostages. They could put guns to the head, which is why, mm-hmm. by the way, Glenn, two days ago or yesterday, the president went to the Taliban and says, hey, we need more time than August 31st. They said no. And the president came back and said, oh, good. Well, I've announced we're going to leave on August 31st. It's because he has that great fear of these Americans and these Afghans being held hostage. And why did we send the CIA chief over to meet with the Taliban yesterday? What was that all about? You know, that really is kind of an unusual occurrence. And working in Intel, it was puzzling to many of us. I think uh, this is my observation on this, um, and I think it's probably right. Uh, I think he's one of the few people around the president that he probably trusts right now, uh, because that's not normally it's CIA's purview. I mean, normally that'd be someone from state who would be involved with that, perhaps with some military detail assigned to him. But uh that was an interesting thing, and I honestly don't don't understand the explanation for it, and we haven't been provided with one. Jeez, oh, and you're on the intelligence uh, committee. Your oversight on that. Um, the um, uh, the embassy. We left Bagram and just left it. Turned off the lights. Um, I can't. I don't even understand it. We built a billion dollar embassy. There's got to be things in there that we don't want other people to have. And I certainly don't want to have the Taliban allow them to have our billion-dollar building. Are we going to blow that up? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. But, I mean, I can tell you this. The former president made it very, very clear on a number of occasions, and he po- spoke about this publicly, and he was adamant about it in private. We will take every American citizen. We will take every Afghan ally. Then we will withdraw U.S. troops. Second thing, we will not leave them a single stick of equipment. And uh, as you know, we've left them billions of dollars. And Bagram was a great example of that. 
It's a very secure location. Now, it's difficult to evacuate people from because it's isolated and it's nearly impossible to get U.S. citizens and Afghan allies to Bagram. So there is that, and there's that's understand why we wanted to protect Kabul and use that as a primary resource. But to your point, Glenn, about the uh, the facility, the building, the equipment that's there, and unfortunately, we know classified information that was left there. Uh, to abandon that overnight without any explanation to our allies, by the way, who were also relying on Bagram for much of their support, uh, and the explanation is, well, we couldn't uh, protect both of them. Then adapt your plan. If you can't protect a resource that you need, adapt the military operation so that you can. You can't just turn out the lights, as you said, in the middle of the night and leave it for the, for the Taliban. I don't know if you saw this, but um, Kamala Harris was in Vietnam yesterday and her plane was delayed. I haven't heard an update on this. I've been on a plane all night, um, but um, her plane was delayed because of the Cuba syndrome, what they're calling the Cuba syndrome. Some people, they didn't say who, um, that were was on her uh, junket over there were affected by something that we only identify as the Cuba syndrome, some sort of a ray from somebody targeting her hotel rooms and her staff's hotel rooms. Uh, I can't imagine that that would have happened just even a few weeks ago uh, to a vice president. But do we know if she's okay, what happened, and who would be responsible for something like that? Yeah, this is this is what we know and, and, and that I think I can discuss. Uh, the Savannah syndrome or Cuba syndrome, as you talk about, we've been aware of it now for probably three years or just short of three years. There are not just a few. There are hundreds of people who have been, we believe, who have been attacked by this. We think we understand what kind of weapon it is. It should frighten the life out of every American to think that diplomats and members of the U.S., leaders of the U.S. government, you can't travel overseas safely any longer if this is to continue. Uh, so with the, the vice president, it was, as, again, as I understand, it was uh, a couple of diplomats who were in the Hanoi embassy who had, uh, were showing symptoms of this. The symptoms are fairly consistent. They're long-term. This isn't an imaginary thing. This is an actual physical manifestation. And, uh, and we have no way to counter it and, and no way to identify when an attack is taking place. Again, it puts every one of our diplomats, every one of our military, every government person and civilian as well, Glenn, you could be a, a target of this potentially, anyone overseas, uh, and, and you have no idea when or how it takes place. It really is a concern for us that the, originally the CIA didn't take it nearly as serious as they needed to. They take it very, very seriously now. But we've got an awful long way to go before we understand this and are able to protect U.S. persons from such an attack. So who do we think is responsible for this? I mean, China, Russia, either? Well, take your pick. Um, and, you know, the information on that is, is fairly closely held, and it's understandable, but, okay. uh, you know, there's a number and of allies you, can, that uh, are... Can you tell me, can you tell me um, uh, how it works? I mean, can you tell me, is it a... What are the symptoms? How long does it last? Is it deadly? Yeah, it's not deadly in the sense it doesn't kill you. There's a number of possible explanations, a microwave, an intense microwave, a couple other possible uh, scientific explanations. The the symptoms are <clears throat> everything from nausea to uh, disorientation, severe headaches, 
uh, you know, dizziness, et cetera, et cetera, long-term loss of memory. And, and, and again, this is something you can physically demonstrate through uh, an examination. It's not, you know, it's not something just imaginary. It's not something where they can scan the body and the brain and say, no, we see no evidence of it. They actually do see evidence of it. It's physical. And some of the, some of the earlier uh, individuals who were, uh, who were victims of this, it's been now years, and they still experience many of these symptoms. So it's not something wow. that hits you in the night and the next day you feel better. Many of these symptoms have been prolonged and, as I said, have been uh, ongoing ever since the, the original attacks. Active war kind of stuff if we knew exactly who it was, wouldn't it? Attacking the it people be, with our vice president? It would be, and it's not the only type of that kind of scenario where we, you know, we're in this kind of a gray zone. I mean, look, some of the cyber attacks uh, against us, uh, you know, certainly aggressive acts, whether they're acts of war or not. It depends on, you know, where you want to draw the line. But it's not the only uh, indication or the only example of us being at risk. Chris Stewart, thank you so much. God bless. Please, uh, please keep fighting for us uh, in Washington and with the State Department and the military to Get these people out. We're there and we oh. need your support. Thank you, Chris. Oh, we, we will do that. Promise you. We will do that. Thank you for everything you do, Glenn. You got it. Back in a minute. Michael lives in Arizona. He writes in about his experience with Relief Factory. He says, I have never experienced a product that has made such a huge difference in the way that I feel. I, I had daily headaches due to stiffness from hard work and old age. They have completely underlined, disappeared. I feel 20 years younger. Relief Factor has absolutely changed my well-being, and I recommend it to anybody suffering from aches and pains. Thank you, Glenn, so much for recommending it. Michael, I'm glad you had this experience. I know how much Relief Factor has helped me with my own pain and how much it continues to do so. I take it three times a day still. You're going to know if it works for you in three weeks. Get the three-week quick start. If it works for you, continue to take it. If it doesn't, uh, stop taking it. And about 30% of the people who try it uh, stop taking it. 70% go on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sort of a perplexing tweet from Lawrence O'Donnell. Uh, he, of course, is the MSNBC host. I think he still hosts a show there, doesn't he? I think he does. I'm not 100% sure on that, but he used to be at least an MSNBC host. And he tweets um, this comparison, I think, trying to brag about the administration's performance. He notes, uh, evacuated from Afghanistan after Kabul fell, 70,700 Evacuated from Vietnam after Saigon fell, zero. Now, it was my understanding you tried to evacuate your people before the city falls. Am I wrong on that? Is that, am I thinking about this incorrectly? My thought was, if you are at, let's see, at all competent, you get your people out of the country before it falls into catastrophe. You don't brag about how many people you left there and then were forced to evacuate after the city fell. Am I not getting this? The world is upside down. And now that the administration is attempting to take to the media a case that they deserve credit for what a wonderful job we have, it's more important than ever that we know the facts. 
727 Beck is the phone number. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is the Glenn Beck program.